0: Jesus is the rock rock in in the wheel.
1: That'll be the direction we'll go if you're standing and you can turn to your Bibles. We'll turn to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32. Deuteronomy, chapter 32. We'll read the first four verses there and then we'll go over to Psalms 27. Moses speaking to the children of Israel. He says, Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak. And hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain. My speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass. Because I will publish the name of the Lord ascribe you greatness unto our God. He is the rock, his work is perfect, all his ways are judgment, a God of truth, and without iniquity, just and right is he. Psalms 27, we have you that are believers and know the message, know this is a Familiar portion, but I believe it just has depth to it that we only begin to see as the days go on. Verse 27, sorry, verse 1 of, of Psalms 27 The Lord is my light and my salvation. I want you to put yourself in here this morning. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret, Of his tabernacle shall he hide me. And the last part of that is, he shall set me up upon a rock. God bless his word. You may have your seats. I'll invite you to turn with me also to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. If we looked at the headlines of the news in the last week, let's say you came out of time 30 years ago and you read the headlines this last week. You read the headlines of drought, climate change, the nations looking for water sources, you read about the United States and the world debt and that there's seemingly no answer. Inflation, you, you would read about shootings. You would read about maybe the riots in France, a nation that's just completely gone off the rails. You'd read about the wars between Russia and Ukraine. You would, you would literally go crazy if you didn't know that there is a stabilizer in the middle of all of this. Yeah. And friends, I don't know if we, we, can, we can put that all far off and say we're in Canada, we're in Edmonton, we're not affected. We are affected. Right. And we're not affected just physically, but we're affected by everything that's going around in a spiritual realm. Yeah. And uh, we are in the middle of all of this, and God doesn't remove it. But it does provide something to stabilize us in the middle of it. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifies the removing of those things that are shaken. So, the shaking is for what purpose? To remove the things that can be shaken. Yeah. Of those things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. I'd like to speak this morning, maybe for a short while, on standing on the unshakable rock. And I'm going to go back to the book of Daniel just for a moment, Daniel chapter 2. Daniel saw a vision when he was in the kingdom, and this was Daniel standing in a Gentile kingdom while the Jewish people were in captivity for 70 years. And Daniel, the king of that kingdom, the, the Gentile king, the greatest king of that day, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And none of the wise men of the kingdom could tell him what the dream meant. And, and that king was, was about to destroy all of the wise men. But Daniel said, there's a God in heaven that knows the secrets. And it was God that gave the king the dream, but it was also God that gave Daniel the interpretation. So Daniel began to tell him what he saw in the dream, which was a statue, which was a head of gold, which was then shoulders and a breastplate of silver, and then the thighs uh, of of brass, and then down to the feet it would come together together And it would be an iron. And and it would actually come into the toes. And it would be iron and clay. And Daniel would tell him that king, you are Nebuchadnezzar. You are a king of kings. You are the head of gold. You are that kingdom that is above every other kingdom. And after you shall arise a kingdom that's inferior. And then there will be another kingdom that's inferior. And it will eventually water down. You know, it would be the kingdom... Of, of the Persians it would be the kingdom of the Greeks uh, sorry the Greeks the Persians the Romans and it would come down to the end where it would be an image and finally in the bottom of that image it would be iron and clay but it would not mix together now we can say that's tremendous and and we can, we can put all kinds of interpretations to it. But this morning, if you're standing here and you've heard what God has spoken this generation, you can stand with a surety, knowing what we live in, the hour we live in, and knowing that we are seeing the interpretation of that vision. Not just what Daniel spoke, but the interpretation of it. Right down to the leaders that were in this last day, which the leader of the greatest nation of, 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 of the United States was Eisenhower, which represents, that name means iron, and Kushnev, which represents clay. And those nations, but they will not cleave together. Now I want to read one verse out of this. This is in verse 43. Actually, we'll start in 42 if you don't mind. And God is, and Daniel is speaking, and he said, As the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave to one another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. So this is the final part of the image. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed. I want to say to you this morning, you're standing on a part of that kingdom right now. A kingdom has to have subjects. A kingdom has to have those that are are there subject to the king. And what God has planted in the earth in these last days, will endure forever. Heavens and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. And he says, he shall set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. I, I would say this morning, don't focus so much on the headlines of, of the feared leaders of the world. Because you're, you're, seeing, you're seeing cracks in every nation in the world. Whether it's Russia, whether it's the United States, whether it's our nation, whatever nation you want to look at, there is no nation that has a foundation. There is no kingdom that has a sure foundation except for the kingdom that God is setting up. And I will say this, you can put your trust in it. And you'll need to put your trust in it. And you'll need to stand on it in the midst of everything that's going around us. He would say this in verse 45. For as much as thou sawest that stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, And it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold. The great God has made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter. He says, and the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof is sure. Now, I I would say we are more privileged than we realize to be able to see what we see. And Jesus would speak to his disciples... And he would speak to them, the disciples and the masses, in parables. And, and then as they came to his side, they said, declare unto us the mystery of the parable. And he said, it is given unto you to know. Not everybody knows. And I would say, if you have this tucked in your heart, keep it there and say, oh, I am blessed. I am blessed. I want to read a couple of things, if I can and I'm not here to paint a picture of fear and doom or anything. I want to be real about what I'm saying this morning. Amen. And I want to I maybe sometimes through everything that's happening in the world around us, we don't recognize where we really are at. But in, in this, the message, and knoweth it not, the prophet just begins to speak about the manner of dress. Of people, And he would speak to the women and he would say how the women in his age started wearing shorts, started wearing trousers. And listen, in that day, they didn't have the skin-tight things that they do now. Right. Yeah. But he said, what would happen if your grandmother, if she would have walked out in the street with them shorts on? A hundred years ago. They would have put her in the insane institution. She come out without her dress on. There is something wrong with her mind. It was so then, it is so now. Now you say, what's that got to do with it? Now let me take where he's leading us into. So it throws the whole world into insanity. I, I, I can't emphasize enough that the world around us, if you don't believe it, is gone insane. And it, it, it's not a far off. It's happening right around us. You might think, what kind of a preacher are you to sh- say these things? I, I'm, a, I'm a preacher that's proclaiming what God has already spoken to this generation. He said the whole thing is insane. Now listen how he says it. And it has crept in, it has gradually crept in till the people don't know it. You can, if you want to reference this and the time we live in, you go to Revelations chapter 3, verses 14 to 21, and you read about the last church age to the Gentiles called the Laodicean church age. And they don't even know it. They're rich, they think they're, they're rich, but they're, they're poor. They think that they can see, but they're blind. They, 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 they don't even know where they stand. It's one thing to be all of these things, to be wretched, naked, poor, and blind, but it's another thing to not even know it. Now, I was, I was looking at the time I grew up as a young boy, you're impressionable. I grew up in a Christian home, but I won't say that there wasn't worldly influence in my life. Every one of us was. I may have looked to some sports stars. I may have looked to some, some other things out there and people that you would have idolized at one time, Be it maybe be it a, a fashion queen, maybe it be a, a sports star, maybe a movie star. I, I just, I was, I was looking, it came up on the news here one day and it just said, this was them then, this is them now and I saw pictures of what they were and their bloom of youth and on the screen and everything, and then you look at their end. Friends, you 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 apply the reverse to us. We may not look like much now, but there's coming a time when that which he has done will show itself for what it is. Now, he'll go on and say this in the same message, and he's talking about a brother, George Wright. What would you have said if his Wife, sister, right, had come standing in a pair of shorts. You would have had her locked up. You never would have married her. Any young man in that day would have done it. Well, if it was sin and wrong back then, it is the same thing now. But the people has growed, growed into insanity. And he says this, Let me prophesy something to you just before it comes to pass. The whole world is groping in insanity. It will get worse and worse and worse until there'll be a bunch of maniacs and it's almost that way now. It's it's uncontrollable. I, I, I was reading about some of the things in France that were going on and it would just take one teenager to text another teenager, to text another, and they'll use social media and they'll use it. And within a few minutes, they'll have hundreds, if not thousands. Let's meet here and let's destroy this. Yeah. And it happened. You think, well, that that could never happen here. I was just in Saskatchewan and I designed a house for a fellow out there. He's not living in it right now. It was vacant for a while. And... And a bunch of young people in the middle of Saskatchewan in the country, a hundred of them, gathered together one night and came and smashed windows and broke things. Oh, I, and I, I said to one, one of the brothers, so they have somebody, they have security in that there now, but I, I said to one of the brothers, said, that could happen out in Saskatchewan. I thought this was bliss. I thought this was where canola fields and, and lakes and rivers and streams met. And, and you know. he says, no, it's as wicked as anything. I, listen, this, this might not sound exciting here right now, but just stay with me. I'm, I'm coming to something, okay? Now, the prophet would also say, and this is in a message he speaks, leadership, one of the last miss- messages. I, I'm going to try and avoid reading too much here. He would talk about, do you love God? Do you realize what I'm trying to tell you? I I, I understand, you might say, but he says, can you see the insanity of this age? It's gone. There's no reason among the people anymore. It's gone. Even the leaders, our president. Our, he says, whatever the people wants, let them have it. Can you imagine a movement coming out to defund the police? We don't need any more of that. Can you imagine? What, what, would that, what is that going to do? He would just say... Where is our leaders that stands for our principles? We don't have them anymore. Where is our churches, our ministers? We'll take the people on just a probation, come in, join the church. He says, but where is men of integrity? Where are they at? They're so soft. He says, they have intellectual conceptions. But he says, oh God, have mercy on us. And you can hear it in his voice on the tape. These hideous things, these sights that are coming on the earth, you see how the people are moving right into it. It's an insanity. But when that thing strikes, the church will be gone. Friends, it is coming to uh, a neighborhood near you. It is not far off. It is all around us. And I would just say, you, can, you, you might say, Brother Ed, where are you at? I, I, I will say this. You can't see this by casual observation. You won't see this by just reading the news every day. But I will say, if you're in the Word of God, if you're in prayer and you're in the Spirit of God, and you come out and you read what's in here and you look at what's around, I, I, I believe we're living in the conditions whereby the rapture will take place. I want to read one more. He's talking in prophesying. This is in, in the message, Invisible Union. He said, the whole world is insane. Look at the murders and things that's going on now. It's insanity. It's coming to fulfill revelations. We may get to it this week. These hideous things, they're not natural. They're spiritual things. He says, it'll make the people scream for the rocks and the mountains and everything else to fall on them. The complete, total insanity this world will go into... Right away, it's almost there now. When you see the footsteps of it, it's marching right out on the street. Listen to the whole thing. It's marching right out into the street, right down to the church pew. Total insanity to do things that a human wouldn't think of doing and be civilized. Now, the prophet could see those things, And he was a faithful watchman, and he declared them to us. But as he's concluding in this, I want to just read his prayer that he's concluding. And he says, Lord, give it to our hearts tonight. Tear out the old stony heart. Place in us a new heart, a heart of flesh. The heart that you can talk and deal with, that we will not be haughty or different. Lord, speak to us. Tear up our stony walls. Put in us the will of God. Give us your love. Get us to a place where we'll get away from all the emotional part to the real solid part of the feeling, the heartfelt part, the deepness of the Spirit, the riches of God, the kingdom of the Spirit in our hearts. Grant it, O Lord, O great leader, great Holy Spirit, before you take your flight into the skies with your church. Amen. I believe that we are there. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says this. We're living in a world, friends. I'll I, I just say this. There is no sane place. But the Bible also says, and I, I don't leave these things, and I don't want to leave you hanging here. But God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. Now, There's always been um, another quotation that I've taken, and it's it's in the message, Christ is revealed in his own word. And Brother Branham would, would talk in there and say, there are great fearful waves before us. And he says, we're nearing the shore. But before he says that, he says, the stabilizers has been put on the ship. Now, I'm I'm not, I don't have a boat or anything. I've got a kayak and I don't have a boat like some other brothers or those that go out. But every vessel that moves or travels has to have a stabilizer. Uh, A boat that's rocking on the the ocean, it needs a stabilizer because there's times you you can't look at, you can't measure what's around you by the height of the waves where equilibrium is at. But it's got a stabilizer that it brings it back and says, no, we're still level. And it happens not only on a boat. And it happens on a boat, if I can say, not just when you're traveling, but when you're, you, you have to stop. Because you can stop, but you can drift a long ways. So you've got to have a place where there's an anchor that can go down. Right. I say this, friends, we need an anchor in this day an anchor that holds. We need something that stabilizes our lives. I've got this on my heart and I'm going to need you to help me. And if you need to give me just a wee bit more volume, I don't want to feel like I want to yell at you. I just want to express what God's in my heart. I've got something on my heart. Are you with me this morning? I'll tell you what, you just say amen a little bit and it'll go fast. And and, and I'll just believe that God wants to speak to us. It's not just me, but it's what God is speaking to us for the day and the age we live in. I've talked to a number of pastors and a number of ministers in different places, and and every one of them is just saying, I don't know what's going on, but it's like, there's a dust up over here, and there's a flare up over here, and then there's this over there. It seems like it's coming every which way, and you don't know where it's coming from. But I'll say it's the enemy is pushing a lot of buttons. But I say this, more than ever, you're going to need to have a focus. You're going to need to have an anchor. You're going to have to have a stabilizer. You're going to have to have something that will hold you and keep you. And and you sometimes, like I just said, a boat, you can't look at the waves. You can't even sometimes look at the people around you. Because even all of us can be affected. None of us is immune. preacher pew, in the pew or the pulpit, wherever we are, we all can get tossed. We can all be moving. And sometimes we can drift, but we we are a part of a body, and we pray for one another, and we're anchored around something, and that chief anchor is Jesus Christ. Now, so we're going to need that. So even a boat has an anchor. A boat has a stabilizer. A plane, when a plane is flying, and it's tossed to and fro, and sometimes even at night, you know, I, I, I've, read, I've read Brother, Brother Jared is, is, is one who investigates for the federal government, plane crashes and things, and he has to do studies, and, and sometimes you can find these clips on planes, but sometimes pilots get disoriented. They don't know where they are, the conditions. There's a storm, or it's night, and they have no lights. They have nothing to guide them by, or, or there's things. But, but there are instruments that tell you Where you are, whether you're level, how high you are, and where you're flying. And and, and they're there when you can't trust your senses. It has to go deeper than our senses. It has to be something that we know where we know where we know where we know where we know know we're standing. I'm saying this for all of us this morning, friends. There has to be something where you have a position you come back to. So the prophet would say, the stabilizers has been put on the ship. Fearful waves are out there. We're nearing the shore. Listen to these words. Just stay stabled. Stay in the word. Stay with God. No matter how you feel. No matter how you feel. Well, I, I just, why did you do that? Because I felt like doing it. Why did you do it? I don't even know why I did it. Listen, no matter how you feel, he says, what anything else, stay right with the word. Let it stay stable. When all these great big old clouds and storm clouds and everything else, our stabilizer is right straight in the word. God said it would be here. But we'll crest over every one of them. He says, they'll go over top of us, but they can't sink us. They can't drown us. You put us in the grave, we'll come out again. That's all there's to it. There is no way in the world to keep it down. We'll crest everyone because our chief captain is calling at the other side. Now, (coughs) I'm going to try and take a few scriptures here. And I, I want us to... To maybe take them, Brother Mark, I may go in a different order than I gave you there. A lot of our human nature is we we like to lean on something that's secure. We, we like to lean on what the government will do for us. You know, I, I expect a, a refund back, and, and and if it's not there, we're complaining. And I, I expect this, or I expect the healthcare system to take care of me. Or I expect, so, so we lean on that world. I would say that world is shrinking. That's right. yeah. This last week, Brother Renzi just came back from, from, Afro, from Nigeria. Nigeria had a fuel subsidy that they gave. They removed that subsidy. The cost of fuel has tripled. Okay, you, you're complaining about our fuel tax? What about the believers that are there? There's believers that are there. There's going to come a time where we won't be able to lean on what the government provided us. We won't be able to lean on what was there. We're going to have to have a deeper anchor than whats what we've put our trust in. Furthermore, we're not going to be able to just maybe lean on everything we thought was around us sometimes. All of us who've been as a Christian for a while... God will put people in your life that you can look up to and that you can draw strength from. And and I believe that's real and I believe that's true. Yet there's a fine line that's there. And that fine line is, don't lean on a man. Lean on the God part that he gives you in that man. Because you start to lean on the man. You start to lean on the church. You start to lean on that too much. And God will maybe allow things to happen to get your eyes back on him. Why is he doing that? He's preparing us. Because there will come a time where you might not be able to have this. I've I've been reading in the message about storehouses. And churches will become storehouses. And and what what the prophet says about you wait till that big machine. Sirs, we would see Jesus. You wait till that big machine gets set up. What's he talking about? The economic pressures. The moral pressures. The religious pressures. Wait till it starts to come. What are we doing? We're being trained for something. We're being trained to stand on something that is sure. Something that is real. Something that is greater than what we've leaned on before. So we've all been, we've all looked to people. And I say this you need to have the body there for you at times. Right. There's times that when you come and you're not even able, you're not even able to do something yourself, but thank God there's a brother that's there, a sister that's there. Thank God there's somebody praying for you. Thank God that God anoints a minister to go a certain path. I, I believe that. I, I'm grateful for, for the brothers and sisters in i church. I'm, I'm not a, an island to myself. I'd be nothing without the prayers. If the prophet would say that, I can say that the more so. Amen, right. We need one another. Amen. And we need to always be looking to God. Yes, now we've all come across people and those that we've looked to. And all of a sudden, you don't know what happened. But all of a sudden, one day, they're, they're gone. Right. And you say, how did that happen? What? Huh, I, I thought they were so solid. But if you dig underneath, and friends, I'm, I'm doing this that we check our lives. I, I, I'm just saying we cannot take a casual approach to serving God. Amen. We are coming into an hour where we need to hang on to Him like we've never hung on before. Amen. It's going to take more than just dropping in at church once in a while. It's going to take more than just, just, just waking up in the morning in a quick prayer. Everything is designed against the Christian. The, the, the whole movement of, of, of videos and TikTok, you know what it's creating? It's creating a neurotic society. Yeah. Children don't have attention spans in schools anymore. You, people, you talk to them on the phone, if you don't catch their attention in 10 to 15 seconds, they've lost you. Now, you cannot apply that when you kneel in prayer and go before Almighty God. You're going to need to be able to dismiss that from your life. You're going to be able to say, Lord, that's not healthy for me. I can't take that. And I choose to put my foundation on something that will keep my mind. I I believe we need it, friends. I need it more. I've, I've had certain apps on my phone that I've taken off. Because I've recognized what it does to me if I don't, if I don't have the discipline. And I, and I say, there are certain, I, I don't need to be part of another web chat. Listen, you say, Brother Ed, well, I, I don't get into all those things. Well, you know, we can also get into it where we're so busy even about the things of God well, what's happening in that church? Did you hear what so-and-so preached over there? Did you hear what brother so-and-so said over there? And, and I listened to this over there. And, and that's, I'm not pushing it against it. But you can be so caught up with all of what everybody else is doing. But the question is, Lord, what are you speaking to me? And Lord, what am I doing for you? And where is my place in the body that you've called me to? Because that's what we're going to need. I, I, I'm not, listen, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm striking a balance here. Because even I, I, I could, I'll, I'll go and listen to something as God lays it on my heart. Or as maybe somebody prompts and, and does it. But I say this, Lord, I've got to keep my focus. I, I, I've got to know for a surety where I'm standing. Amen. Now, he will say about the stabilizers. Now, let me just go to the book of Luke chapter 6, if you will. I promise I'm not going to be on this the whole way through because I believe God has made a way for us. Luke chapter 6, if you will. Let's pick this up from verse 47. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. Now, they, this just before that, they'd said to him, they called him Lord, Lord, and he said, if you call me Lord, why don't you do what I said? Right. Now he's saying, whoso cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you what he's like. And he gives this parable. This is the man who is doing what he said. He's like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock and when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it for it was founded upon a rock now notice god doesn't remove the storms god doesn't remove the, the the trials or the winds or the things that would come against your house. God in the beginning in 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 the, in in heaven in, and he created the brightest of all the angels to sit at his side, knowing that would be his enemy. He he also created Adam and put him on earth, knowing that there was a serpent on the earth that that the enemy would get into. He knew that the devil was there, but. Adam was not deceived, but the woman was. And he found a channel in. God also sent out, after the day of Pentecost, sent out the church with the messenger. And he sent them out with the glorious gospel, knowing that the Antichrist spirit would creep in. Now, God doesn't remove those things, but he does give us something to overcome with. And he doesn't remove, because... All a part of this is we need character, and character is a victory, and not one of us is going to make it there without character. So he says this, he built a house, he digged it deep. We were, we were at the camp there, and one of the brothers was, was sharing that he had uh, brought his RV, and he was camping, and and the, and the RV had stabilizers, so there are these, these feet that go down, you know, and, and, and they do this, and then they level out, and so it's level. And, 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 it, and it said it was level. But he's going, it doesn't seem quite level. But he said, okay, we'll take the word for it that it's level. And he went out the next morning, and he realized that the leveling pads on the front, it was all sand in front of him, and they just kept going down, 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 as far as they could go, and they said, we're level. But it was crooked. <laughs> so it, it's good to be level, but you need something to level to. You need a rock. You need a foundation. You can't just level when it says you're level, but it has to actually be level. So he says, "Now he, he put the foundation on a rock. The flood arose, the stream beat, and it was could not shake it." Now there's also another parable. But he that hears and do, does it not is like a man without a foundation. He also built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Now, I I want you to notice, they may have had the same house plan. They may have had the same builder, the same materials. They they may have even gone to one of the best architects in the city to get their, their house plan drawn, and they may have come and drawn it And the difference in the end was the foundation. You might be in the middle of of the pure Word of God and everything, but the foundation that we set on is everything. Now, I'm going to bring a couple of things in this morning. I'm not going to be able to do them all, but I just want to make this this real to us, if I can, this morning. Now, Let us go, if we we can for a moment to let's go to Ephesians chapter four in verse fourteen, and then we'll go to Ephesians chapter two, Ephesians chapter (laughs) four. I'll just back up a couple of verses brother Mark and and this is for in verse 12. It talks about how you know God the father above all who, you know, in in verse 6 is came through you all, came down to earth and he he gave the fivefold ministry, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. You you might just say, well, you know, I they're all just men. They're full of faults, but they're also ordained of God. And, and, and if you can see, you can look at both sides. You can look at the faults and failures, but you can also need to see God working through them. But the purpose was, verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of God unto a perfect man Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, this is building something. What's the purpose for? Verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children. Tossed to and fro. In other words, there's going to come waves. But you know what? The more you're in the message, the more you study, the more you're in fellowship, the more you're in the word, the more you have your mind set on things, the more stable your life will be. The more you apply things, the more you do things, the more you'll be able to weather the storms that come. You won't be tossed to and fro. And it says, And carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. Oh, but Brother Edward, we're in the message. That doesn't mean the spirits don't try to make their way in. Amen. Oh, well, I, 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 I've been raised in a home. That doesn't mean that Satan can't bombard your mind and get you thinking. The, the quote that God has just been dealing with me out of enticing spirits, it's enticing spirits that come into and get amongst people churches, ministers, and they cause you to come into an illusion. Think and do things that are not according to the Word of God. So here it is. This is the purpose that we be not tossed to and fro. You can take one of two thoughts to this. I know that there's people that will say, well, I have seen the troubles around a church and I will not be going to that church anymore. Well, I'll tell you what, it won't be too long when trouble will come to your house and you'll say, where is a church that I can find and, and something that I can do with? I'll tell you what, God never removed Satan. He never removed the devil in the Garden of Eden. He never removed the Antichrist spirit. But he gave a way that we can overcome. He's God and he will make a way. So he, he would provide that. Now I'm going to go back go back just one scripture, Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 19. Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. So there's a foundation that God set forth for the Christian church. There was a book of Acts. There was an Alpha church. There will be an Omega church. God has never changed his mind about that. So you're built on that foundation. And it says, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. In whom all the building fitly framed together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this thought because the cornerstone, the keystone... And, and I, I'm going to take this partly. I've had fellowship with a brother on this for, for a period of time on this. But I want to just take what, what Brother Branham says, and he, he calls it the keystone. And uh, a keystone is, is, is a, a particular stone that can be a cornerstone, it's an anchor for the rest of the building. A keystone can be the stone that when you build like an arch it's the one right in between that holds the weight of everything together. But a keystone. And the prophet would say this you might call this the keystone of the Bible. It is a revelation that God never changes. And that his ways are as unchangeable as he is. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Ephesians 3, I know that whatever God does, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And what God does is that men should fear before him. Now he says, the unchanging God with unchanging word. It's, it's actually an attribute of God. God himself cannot change. So we might change. The the woman that came to the prophet in the Bible, that came to the prophet when he was here and said, well, God loves me. She was going to get married for the third or fourth time. And he says, sister, that's not appropriate for you to do that. That's wrong in the Bible. He says, I know what it says in the Bible, but God loves me so much that he's letting me do it. Wow. Is that a keystone? Is that something you can hang your hat on? No, God doesn't change. So, prayer is not to change God. Prayer is, Lord, change me to fit your word. Lord, if you don't change, then change me so that I can fit my place in you. The prophet would say about Elijah, Elijah had a robe, and he was going to give that robe to Elisha, and he says it took Elisha 10 years to fit that robe. Listen, we're still trying to fit what God is. We're trying to put the mantle that He wants. So it's not what we think. It's not what we feel. But our foundation is on what God says. It's not even what we know. Because we know nothing as we ought to know. And what we know might be greater in the days to come. And even what God reveals to us might become greater. But our foundation is, this is the keystone. God never changes. So the prophet would say it this way. He says, what he did at the first, he'll have to keep on doing it until the last time. There will never be a change. Apply that to the church ages. The kind of man that God chose for the first age, how he manifested himself in that age is the same way he'll do it in the last age. Now, I'm going to maybe put it this way. I think Brother Paul Dirksen touched on this when he was here. And he talked about how God has a pattern. He doesn't change his way of doing things. And he gave this example, so I'll I'll give it, and if if he would hear this tape. I'm giving credit to you, Brother Paul. But I'm, I'm just saying, is, I'll give you a pattern. And the pattern might be like this. One, three, five, seven. Now, you don't know what the rest of the pattern is. You might think you know what it is. But how many would guess what the next answer is? One, three, five, seven. Okay, this is a test. All of you have gone to school. This is probably grade three or four. <laughs> Anybody? Nine. That's a good answer. And that may be the pattern if I'm just going by odd numbers. The next number would be 11. But what if the pattern is prime numbers? One, three, five, seven, 11, 13, 17, 19. That's the pattern. So whatever pattern God chooses, we have to read it in the context of the whole Bible. So any quote you have in the message, any, any scripture you take in the message, you can't isolate it. It has to fit the pattern. And when it fits the pattern, then you have stability. Then you know where you're standing. Then you know where you are. That's a foundation you can trust in. So when you have doctrines that come around. Okay, let me see it in the pattern. Let me see it with the God that never changes his ways. The prophets say what he did with Abraham in the beginning is what he does with the seed of Abraham. Well, you talk about a body change. Show me that in the Bible. Yeah, Abraham was 70. You know, his wife was 70. When Abraham was, when he was first called, I think she was 65, he was 75. 25 years he believed in God. He was 100, she was 90. Huh, and they never had children yet. Well, God had to change their bodies before they could have children. Well, show me where it says that in the Bible. Easy. When they went to Egypt, the king desired a 90-year-old grandma for a wife. No. Something was changing in her. Something was happening in her, and he was changing her. And how can you believe in a body change? Because God did it back there, and he will do it again. How can God have a rapture? Because he did it with Enoch, he'll do it again. What's the pattern? Well, seven is completion. It was the seventh day around Jericho. It was the seventh church age that takes the rapture. It was the seventh from Enoch. I have faith in the pattern. That's my foundation, and that's what I trust in. You hold that in the face of every devil that comes to you, in the face of every spirit that comes to you and says, well, what about this quote, and what about this quote? Show me where it fits in the Bible. Show me where it fits the pattern. And I'll tell you what, you take everything God has revealed to you, and anything He wants to add, let Him add to it. But don't just take every wind of doctrine that comes through. Friends, I, I desire for us to be a church that is not built on a personality, that is not built around a history. That is not built on just a gathering of a certain group of people socially. But we're built around one thing. That's the word of God. That's the faith of Jesus Christ. That's the cornerstone of the Bible. That is our anchor. That's the only thing that will hold us. Hey, end time message tabernacle. That title does not scare off demons from coming in. But I'll tell you what does scare them is the name of Jesus Christ. The revelation that we're standing on. Let me go to a scripture here. Isaiah chapter 43. Sometimes we we can look, as I said, at the waves. We can look at the circumstances and the situations. You know, somebody in the church is doing this, therefore it must be okay, you know. But, but hold on a second. Does it fit the pattern? Because it has to fit the pattern. So it's what we look at. And I'll tell you this, the more you're in the Word, the more you're in prayer... The more you're in the message, the more you're praying for the meetings, the stronger you will be to outside influences, to things that come your way, to diseases. Now, let's just read. I want to just take this a little bit. I, I, I really want to go with this further in other services, but I'm going to just drop some of this in. Isaiah 43, verse 9. <clears throat> Let all the nations be gathered together. Let, all, let the people be assembled. Who among can declare this and show us former things? Let them bring forth their witnesses that they may be justified or let them hear and say it is truth. Now, verse 10. You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me, And understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed. Neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord. And beside me there is no Savior. There's one God. There is one God always was, always will be. The God of the Old Testament identified himself as a Savior. Man made him three, but God never made him three. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. The first and foremost revelation of the Bible is the deity of Jesus Christ. The God that was in heaven, the God that was a spirit that we couldn't touch, that we couldn't even begin to handle, he manifested himself in Jesus Christ. Now I'm not going to go into all the aspects of this. I have to save this. But I want to say this. The more you see him, the more you anchor to him, the more you think on his word, how the men of old stood when when Jeremiah stood there that day in the court yeah. and a prophet rose up and, and he came right against Jeremiah and said, Jeremiah prof, took the yoke off him and said, Jeremiah prophesied 70 years. I say it'll be two years and we'll be gone. And Jeremiah stood there and said, Amen. But he never changed his mind. God who commissioned Moses when he went down into Egypt and told him, this is the sign I'm giving you, two signs. And he gave the two signs. It didn't matter that Pharaoh's magicians could replicate it. Moses was given the original sign. And he had to stand on that no matter what happened around him. And it was Noah who stood there after 120 years. And he stood there. It's going to rain. And then he got into the boat, into the ship. God closed the door. And there was no rain for seven days. But God backs up his word. It may look like, oh. I never thought we'd be here where we're in the message today. Well, we are here, and I'll say this, the word is more sure. The word is more real, no matter what rises up, because it's anchored in my heart. I believe it with all that's in me, more than I feel it, more than I think it, but it's down here. Amen. Isaiah 45, just over a couple of verses. Verse 18. For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it. He hath established it. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is no one else. I love that. I am the Lord and there is no one else. Job would come before him and Job would say, I would desire to come before him. But how can I do anything? He dwells alone. How can I do anything to change? He is God and God alone. And he would say, I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I said not unto the seed of Jacob. Seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare the things that are right. Assemble yourselves and come. And draw near together you that are escaped of the nations. They have no knowledge that set up a god, the wood of their graven image and pray unto a God that cannot save. Tell ye and bring them near. Let them take counsel together. Who has declared this from ancient time? Who hath told it to you from that time? Have not I the Lord? There is no God else beside me. A just God, a Savior, there is none beside me. Look unto me and be ye saved. All the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no one else. That's the one I'm trusting in. That's the one I'm resting in. That's the God that was revealed to John on the Isle of Patmos. That was the God that he showed. Uh, he showed the whole plan of history. This will be a next service. But God manifest himself, but he always was. He, His nature does not change. He's immutable. Immutable, he cannot change. He's not capable of it. What his first thought is, is his best thought. And when God said, I'm going to put John Franchak's name in the Lamb's Book of Life, when God said, I'm going to call Ray Adrian, and when he said, I'm going to call Ben Whitmire, and he put it there, no matter what you think, or I think, or anybody else says, nothing can change that, because God purposed it, and we need to rest on that. The foundation of God stands sure on this seal. God knows them that are his. And he puts something in your heart that no matter what changes around you, I've got an equilibrium that keeps coming back. I'm going to stand on this no matter what's happening around me, no matter what the circumstances of my life are. This rock that I'm standing on is so sure. It is so steady. It is greater than anything else. How can you say that, Brother Ed, because heavens and earth will pass away? I said it this way. Truth, no matter how weak it looks, is still truth. And falsehood, no matter how great it magnifies itself, is still falsehood. And truth will always prevail. And no matter how dark it is, the least little bit of light changes the darkness. No matter how much the enemy oppresses you, the least bit of a word of God changes the whole situation. Friends, we need to start thinking and speaking not according to what the social media pages say not according to what the news says not according to what psychologists say not according to what all these things are but what god says what the word of god says not i feel i this no the lord saith unto thee and you don't have to be that way well brother ye as you come together know ye that 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 he you know well just just be be honest be common but speak the word of God. That's our, that's our testimony. That's the very thing that keeps us in the age that we live in. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. This is Paul. I'm, I'm just planting a few seeds that I'll take in a couple directions, the Lord willing. Paul, the first messenger to the age, the first one who was in the star, a star in the hand of God, in the hand of Jesus, the one that walked in the middle of the the seven church ages, the golden candlesticks, and he had in his right hand, where is his right hand? That's the, the, the hand of authority. He had in his right hand seven stars, and he sent out the first star, and the first star was Paul. And Paul would say this in verse 10, according to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon, for other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. You can take a foundation, as we took it, and sand, you can have rock, but our foundation is the Word of God. Now, let me, let me just take this, just as I give you these few thoughts, and we'll take it further. But the greatest thing, and, and the Brother Branham would say it this way, in, in the Church Age book, and let me read a little bit of this, and then I'll take it to where I want to, to say it this way. Christ in the true church is a continuation of the book of Acts. Now, the Antichrist spirit would try to come in, defile it, make it lukewarm, formal, and powerless. Now, you say, well, thankfully that's never happened to me. You know, he's done it to us. He's done it to me. But thank God there's an equilibrium. That there's a north star. There's something that's not satisfied. I want God. I don't want just church. I don't want a form. I want the living God. I want him in our midst. I want him changing lives. I want to see him healing. I want to see him changing situations. I'm not looking and putting it off. I'm saying, that's your promise, oh Lord. And I'm going to embrace it. So he says, that's what Satan would do. And he said... He, he says, now the book of Revelation exposes Satan, it reveals his works right to the time he is cast into the lake of fire. Now he fights it, he cannot stand it. He knows if the people get the true revelation of the true church and what she is, and that she can do the greater works, she will be, she will be an invincible army. Now, that that isn't just one person, but that's all of us together. We need the body. We need every part of the body. We need to understand we're moving forward, and I'm going to take God at His word, and I'm going to keep pushing forward. I'm not just going to wait for things to happen. Can I Can I drop this in for a moment? We're coming to some special meetings, and we all look for that moment when God will move, and sometimes it's You know, you hear somebody raise their voice over here, and somebody, and and we look at it as an outside influence. Well, there's an atmosphere, but that atmosphere is there so that your heart can be warmed and that your heart can be open to what God has. And it's at that moment, you bring God on the scene. He doesn't force himself. You bring him by the, on the scene by the way you open your heart. Yeah. Lord, I was wrong there. I'm going to lay that down. Lord, I've got this stronghold in my life that I've not been able to let go. But God, I'm letting it go. Lord, there's a promise you've given. And when you do that, that brings God on the scene. It isn't a presence that comes and forth. No, you bring him by how you act and what you do and how you invite him in. So set your heart that way. Lord, I, I'm, I, my heart is open. I'm going to let you come in. I believe he will. Because he, a, a, a broken heart he will not despise. An honest heart he will not despise. And you come to him on the basis of you are God and God alone. And I will yield my, I'll tell you what for deity to come on the scene. Deity will make itself known. Friends, don't wait for something on the outside. You be the catalyst. You be the one that brings the Christ in you. will bring the God of heaven on the scene. You allow him to move within your life. And then let it spread. Let it spread. I'm just giving you an admonition because, hey, we're waiting for him. He's waiting for us. Know how many quotes we can take on he's waiting for us? Now, Lord, what am I going to do? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to not just stand, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get let the roots go down. I'm going to take you at your word. Maybe our church has never had someone healed of such and such a disease. Maybe I don't know of one place in the message where God came on the scene and such. What has that got to do? God is inf- infallible. God is unlimited. God is everything. And whatever he leads your soul to believe, you just hang on to every word of that. So, if the church can get a true revelation of the two spirits and by God's spirit discern and withstand, Satan will be powerless. Now, he says, Satan hates revelation. But we love it with true revelation in our lives, the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. Now, revelation is is far greater than just getting emotionally worked up. Revelation can happen at, at, at any time. But what it is, revelation is a veil that hides something. But when God removes the veil, you can see what it is. And when God removes the veil, if it's a spirit that's been affecting you in your life, if it's a spirit of doubt and you begin to see it, Oh, that's the devil. Not your brother, not your sister. But the spirit that's working. And when you see that, that's when you begin to exercise authority. Hold on a second. You don't have a right here. I am taking possession of this. By revelation, that's the rock. That is unshakable. By revelation, you could go and... Ah, i, I got to just change the atmosphere for a moment. Ronald Reagan was one of the uh, wittiest presidents that they had. And he was telling a story about how an American and a Russian were, were together. And he's saying, in my country, he says, the American says, I can go into the president's office and tell him I don't like the way he's running his country. You can do that? He says, we can do that too. He says, you can? He says, yeah. I can go right down to the president's office in your country and tell him the way he's not running. But he can't do it in his own country. (laughs) Listen, we can stand up to anything that the devil will throw. With the knowledge that the God of heaven who came in Jesus Christ is on your side. He purchased this. I am his and he is mine. And you can say, he set his love on me. I am my beloved's and he is mine. And he has cast himself towards me. I believe God has more for us in the days to come. And I would just say, don't let, you can expect the devil to come and fight against you, but I will just say this, stand on the rock, the unshakable rock. And I, I, will, I will go as far as say this, because I'm just winding down. I will go as far as to say this, don't look at just him up there. Look at him down here. And I will tell you right now, you might not think this, but you know what? You are becoming that rock to other people. You're becoming that rock to your lost loved ones. They might not hear your words naturally, but they see your life. They see what you're standing on. And they ask the question, what is holding mom? What is holding dad? What is holding my brother? I don't understand it, but there's something real that's there. And I say, you stand on that in the face of every opposition. And it's going to get worse. But I'll say this. God's going to get greater. He's going to come in a greater way. He's going to manifest Himself in a greater way. This morning, we're witnessing a miracle. It's 5 minutes to 12, and I'm going to ask the musicians to come. (laughs) Musicians, come, please. God bless you this morning. I just... I wanted to just bring those few things. There's more I wanted to take on more of a study purpose, but I just want to encourage you this morning. Revelation. There is nothing of such prevailing power as revelation. Knowing not just a mystery that's out there, but knowing who you are, knowing where you stand in Christ. Knowing that no matter what has gone before you, there is no pit, there is nothing that has happened in your life that God cannot take you out of. God is greater than all. Do you believe that this morning? Let's stand together. Let's sing greater than all, greater than all. Greater than
0: all my sins is the blood. Still clear.
1: God called man Brother Brandon will say this God is leading his people through great trials to purge them and sometimes it takes years to do it for myself tonight I believe that right now God is training such men to meet the front line men who are going through and sometimes shook from their feet. Sometimes it looks like the whole thing is falling, but yet in the midst of it all, they know that living God, and they keep their face forward, they keep moving on. I don't want to be a soft Christian. I don't want to be like Laodicea around us, but I want to be born again, rugged. I want to be taking God at his promises. I, I, I want to just say, I don't have the strength Lord, but I'm trusting in you. Amen. I'm seeing you as the one that never changes. Yeah. I'm seeing you as immutable. Yes. Yeah. I'm seeing you, you've promised by an oath to Abraham and his seed, Amen. and I'm part of that seed. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't care what the enemy has put in front of me, but there's something in me. and friends. Up here is one thing, but down here is another thing. Because when you listen to a message or tape, God's planting something down here. And sometimes you're outside, you're confessing different things, but down here, and as you get in the presence of God, and as he makes it real, something comes out. I believe that's what it was like with Hattie Wright that day. It was down there long before the words ever came out, I believe it's in us. God's planted seeds, and he's still doing them. And we need to water them. And you know what we need to do? We need to just take some of these other things that are creeping in and saying, okay, I'm going to just focus because I know God's got something for us. I believe he's got something for us. I, how do you know it? Well, I see, by the way, he, the enemy's rising up. And I know if the enemy rises up, that means God is right behind that. He's coming. Amen. He'll be there. She'll be there. Amen. We'll be there. Amen. Oh, I'm, I, I'm trying to think of a song, Brother Jeff. I, I, at least I know some of the words. Does that help? <laughs> He's unshakable. He's unmovable. Uh, You're God alone. That's
0: the <laughs> You are not a God created Oh